Hey guys, welcome to the Sunflower Foreigner podcast. My name is Joe. I'm your host. If you're interested in travel, exploring cultures, or learning about my journey as a black woman living abroad, this is the perfect place for you. Stay tuned every Wednesday for new advice, stories, and my travel shenanigans. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right, so let's jump right into it, guys. It's episode three already. Man, where did the time go, right? But I'm excited you're here. Uh, Today, what I'm going to be talking about is the truth about being black in Korea. Now, obviously, it's different between a male and a female. It's different between being a black man and a black woman. I can't speak on the black male experience because I haven't been to Korea as black male. I'm a woman. So... I'm speaking about my experience as a black woman in Korea and how I feel like a lot of black women tend to feel upon living in Korea. It's different if you're a tourist. I'm not speaking about tourism because tourism doesn't really um, show you the whole picture. But when you live in a country, and I'm saying live is more than a year and a half. If you live in a country, you'll get to understand the customs and, you know, the mannerisms of people and things like that. So when I say live, I mean over a year and a half. So for me, having lived in Korea for as long as I did, I kind of came to some conclusions about how people viewed me as a black woman and how my experience was in terms of being different from other foreigners that I had known, like, you know, white women or um, white males or things like that. So I'm just speaking on my experience as a black woman. But this experience actually is something that I saw a lot of my other black female counterparts experience, but we never really got to talk about it, especially openly, because we would get threatened with um, lawsuits and, you know, slander um, accusations and stuff like that. So being that I'm in a place now where I can speak about it, I'm going to talk. I'm going to sing like a canary because I'm going to tell you the truth about being a black woman in Korea, what that's like in 2022, 2021, 2023. Um, there's, There's some stuff to talk about there, you know, so let's get into that. So the first thing is I want you guys to know that Korea is a homogenous place, but it's also a place that is high on colorism. Um, it's even in, in its own community, uh, there are a lot of Koreans who might be quote unquote darker skinned and they would get looked down upon because they are darker skinned as opposed to, um, you know, lighter skinned or fairer skinned Korean actors or actresses or K-pop idols. Everyone wants to have the fairest skin, uh, the lightest skin, because that's deemed beautiful and, and attractive and desirable. That's what I'm trying to say in terms of as a black woman, we get looked down upon for our skin tone. I remember I did a TikTok video right after this happened because there was something that happened that I literally was heartbroken over. I was teaching English online at this time because it was a pandemic and my students, they had seen a notebook that someone had given me. And on the front of the notebook was a beautiful black model. Um, She was probably a little bit darker than I am, but beautiful nonetheless. She had this like beautiful like head wrap and her skin was glittery and glowy and it was a beautiful uh, notebook that someone had given me and um I was really excited to show them because they had asked me about it they're like oh Jojo what's that and I'm like okay let me show you what it is so I you know put it up to the camera so they could see this uh beautiful black just goddess she was beautiful and they were all like ew she's so ugly like look at her face look at her skin And I was like, oh my gosh, like they think she's ugly because of her skin tone. 
And they didn't even, it didn't even register to them that I was the same skin tone. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of gave me a glimpse into how they felt or how they've been trained to feel about darker skin tones. So you will get looked down upon. Even if people are saying, you're beautiful, we love your skin, blah, blah, blah. They're lying because um, <laughs> it's more of a, um, a mindset from birth, you know, from, you know, not birth, but from when you're young. That's something that's kind of instilled like, okay, dark is bad, light is good. So when people are like, oh, no, I think you're beautiful, they're lying because everyone feels it. Uh, there might be people who are more westernized, and I, I think those people might have a different difference of opinion, but in general, people look down on me because of my skin tone. Um, and even though they didn't necessarily say it to my face, it was a cultural thing that was kind of known, you know, secretly. So that's something that I really dealt with a lot. One of the other things I really did see a lot was the over-sexualization of black women. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with pop culture or, you know, culture in America. When you have someone like Megan Thee Stallion, who's super popular, or Cardi B or Kim Kardashian, she's not black, but um, in terms of body shape and all that stuff. And then when we go to Korea, and if you have like a curvy body shape or something like that, people automatically assume that you're this like video vixen or you're like super sexual or all those things. And I felt like a lot of people, even men who approached me for dates and stuff, kind of tried to come at me in like a covert way of like asking me if I was like, you know, are you open minded? Like, ooh, like, are you, you know, trying to like, you know, get down with the get down type of thing. And it was really something that was birthed from people assuming that because our body shapes look a certain way, we must be um, really over-sexual and stuff like that. So that was something that I saw a lot in Korea. The next thing I get stared at all the time, and I, I mean, I think people know this going to Korea, you're going to get stared at, but I think there's a certain point where staring is just like, hey, okay, I get it, bro. I get it, but stop, right? And that's how I felt in Korea. There were times where you're like, okay, I understand, but when I'm walking, you stare at me. I notice you staring, and I just I choose to ignore it. I'm like, it's whatever. People are curious. I get it. But then you literally tap your friend, point me out so that they could stare. That's where I'm like, yo, like really? Is that necessary? I'm looking at you. I can see you. And that happened to me a lot, and I would start to point back, and then they would feel embarrassed, and I'm like, right. Like that's not a good thing to do to someone like don't do that you know better because if they saw someone in korea who was in like a wheelchair who was korean they would not do that they wouldn't point at point at someone because why they know it was rude so i think that there is a knowledge of knowing things are rude and i think they just feel like oh well you know they're a foreigner they're not gonna get they're not gonna get. i don't know what they think actually because i would feel very awkward if i pointed to someone and they were looking at me point to them and having someone else look at them. So I don't know, but I experienced that a lot in Korea as a black woman. And I think I didn't see my white counterparts deal with that. They did get stares, but there's a more of like admiration and, you know, things like that. But um, for me, I got a lot of the points and the double takes and just to the point where it was uncomfortable, like, hey, like I get it, you're staring, it's cool. And I'm super chill about it. Like I'm not going to trip. 
But at a certain point, if you're tapping your friend and pointing me out from across the street and I'm looking and I see you, it's like, yo, you're being rude right now. Can we just get this together like ASAP, Rocky? Like, you know, so that was something I experienced a lot of. Um, Also, it's funny because people will assume that you as a black woman are either (laughs) the family member of a famous person like Obama or that you are really into like typical stigmatized black quote unquote stuff. So I remember there was a guy that um, I had did a a 40 day fast in in Korea where I was just drinking juices for 40 days. And, And during that time, I wasn't paying attention to anybody. I was happily single and not ready to mingle type of thing where I was just focused on myself. So in that time, I um basically was walking to the grocery store and this guy, which is very rare that this happens, but this guy came up to me and he was like, wow, you're so beautiful. Um, I think you're exactly my type. And I was like, what does that mean? You don't even know me. I could be a psycho killer, right? Like, so he was like, you're exactly my type. And he was saying all this stuff. And I'm thinking, bro, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, do you want to go on a date? And all this, I'm like, nope, I sure do not. Nope, I'm great. I don't want to date nobody. And he was like, well, let's be friends. And we all know that that just means they want the door. So I said, okay, fine, cool. We could be friends. That's cool. And so he had recently, I think his job was to travel. So he would like travel to other countries. And so he had come from Africa. So he was like, oh, I just love African women. And I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) You know, I'm not even going to touch that topic, but okay. So basically fast forward Later that evening, he was sending me messages on Cacao Talk. And the thing he was sending me was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually into rap, too. He started sending me old videos of him, like literally like 10, 15 years prior of him rapping. Which, and I, he wasn't good, you guys. He was not good. But I just thought it was so interesting that he was like, oh, because she's black, she's going to love this. And it seemed like a lot of people feel that way, like, oh, this is what I know about black people or about the African-American, you know, community. So this is what I'm going to show them. So he literally and I was like, oh, okay, because I don't really listen to like hard rap like that. Like I'm cool, like with whatever. But he just thought like, okay, she's going to definitely this is going to impress her. And it actually did the opposite. I was like, oh, and so it was just really weird. So a lot of people assume that I'm into, you know, this just stigmatized view of what black women should be into. Oh, you probably like to smoke weed or you probably are into this or that or whatever because I, you know, am black woman. So I I saw that a lot in Korea and it was kind of interesting to see what people thought that I was into based on my body language and based on who I, where I came from. Another thing that I saw, you guys, I had to learn to code switch. And I know obviously we do this in America, But in Korea, I found myself code switching in terms of like acting less threatening. So you know how like, have you ever seen on uh, different TV shows where normally this happens with a black man, if he's walking down the street and he walks uh, in front of a woman who, you know, is a white woman or someone like that or, and no offense if you're white, I'm not saying anything about you, but He's walking and then she typically will like clutch her purse a little bit harder. Um, He would have to do something drastic like cross the street or something to make it feel less threatening for her. 
And I felt like I found myself code switching a lot, whether it was how I was speaking or my body language, just to try to let people know that I was not threatening because there's a stigma that black people are, you know, aggressive and all this stuff. And so it was really interesting that I found myself having to do that because people would assume that I was threatening. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually just really chill. Like, I don't know. I'm, 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 you know, it's not a big deal. So that was something that I really felt like, okay, I have to go and really change up how I'm acting. Um, I remember I did this video on YouTube. I can't remember the title that I did it under, but basically I was talking about the fact that like you're going to feel underrepresented in Korea. Obviously, it's a homogenous country, so you're going to feel underrepresented. And that's something that I wanted to point out because it was something that was so prevalent that I feel like people don't talk about that needs to be talked about because it's a big issue in terms of mental health. So when you go to Korea, even for Koreans, I would imagine this would probably do something to their mental. In Korea, when you're walking around the malls and the stores and stuff, you rarely see Korean models. Anyway, you see a lot of foreign European looking or, you know, white models Uh, There are a few scattered, you know, black models and stuff like that, but it's very rare. But you don't see anyone that looks like you in these ads or in these, you know, advertisements or billboards and stuff like that. You see white models. You see, um, if you do see Korean models, typically they're the same, whatever five actors or actresses or K-pop stars are popular right then and there. Those are the five ones you'll see all, all across town. You know what I'm saying? Like they use the same ones everywhere. So for me, I was like, man, like, can you imagine being in a country where no one celebrated what you look like and then having to figure out a way to continue to feel like you're beautiful? That was something that I really, the last time I went, I felt like I need to be more intentional about doing this. So I began to, in my house, put up pictures of people who look like me who were inspiring. I would listen to music that was inspiring for women like me who were my complexion or who were, you know, my body shape and stuff like that because it wasn't represented in the outward. And I'm not saying that Korea needs to go out and, you know, represent and celebrate black models. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying... Since you know this, you have to kind of prepare yourself for it so that you don't get this feeling of like, oh, I need to change something about myself. Because a lot of people, I feel like they they tend to like start to feel tempted to hide or like to like down, not dumb down, but like water down parts of themselves, you know, in order to um, not stand out or be so different. I was talking to a girl, I think it was on TikTok. She, she could relate to one of my videos, and she basically was like, um, <laughs> she said that she's curvy, and she said that she started just wearing really big t-shirts and stuff because she was tired of people always commenting on her boobs being big and stuff like that and, you know, staring at her or because she was just so different from what they normally would see, and obviously I get it, but that's what I'm saying. You feel tempted to, to try to hide or to to mask a lot of who you are. You know, for me, I would wear just dresses so that people didn't stare at my hips as much because I have really wide hips. Um, And so I felt like I had to learn that if you have wide hips, okay, that's cool. If you have, you know, a bigger chest, like, all right, that's cool. 
you just kind of have to be comfortable in your skin, but it's very, very hard to do when it's underrepresented, you know? So keep that in mind when you're going to Korea or any place that's homogenous and doesn't really have people who look just like you or even in the ballpark of what you look like. Keep that in mind. I think people, people weren't blatantly racist there, but there was like microaggressions and small things like that based on um, culture and just what culture deems to be beautiful and stuff like that. So it was like embedded into their culture, you know, so it's a lot different. Um, also, if you have a curvy body shape, which most black women do, and it's not a stigma, it's true. You know, we either have hips or if, but if you don't, then, you know, it's all good. But Typically, Korean-style clothes don't fit us the same way. And I think if you don't go to Korea knowing that, it could be very difficult to um, get acclimated into what your style is there and stuff like that. So now there are a lot more options for us because there's like H&M there and there's Zara and things like that. And that's kind of where I lived. But uh, when I first went to Korea, there wasn't those options. And it was really hard for me to find clothing that fit me, but also that made me feel sexy and made me feel beautiful because um, you lose weight sometimes when you go to Korea. <laughs> and so when I went to Korea, I lost weight and I needed to get new clothes and then realizing that I couldn't. So it's like you lose all of this weight because the first time I went to Korea, I lost like 30 pounds. So I was like, like a lot smaller. And so going to the stores and still with me losing 30 pounds, I was weighing about like one, probably like 150 um, and I was still bigger than the average girl there. So it was like a really weird mind trick where like I lost all this weight and it was, you know, obviously thinner, but still the bigger person, you know what I'm saying? So I had to really kind of figure out how I was going to, um, you know, deal with that. And I eventually just started buying clothes online from like old Navy and stuff. But that's something to think about. The last thing I want to talk about is how natural hair for me as a black woman in Korea, I had to find, this was trial and error for sure, of finding what hairstyles fit me, which which ones didn't fit me, um, how I could protect my hair, protective hairstyles, all of those things. People will be fascinated by your natural hair if you choose to wear it out because it's different, but they'll generally tell you to change it because it's too different. I remember there was a woman that told me, like almost every day because I was wearing um, uh, braids, like box braids for a while. And every day, once I took my box braids out and I just had my little fluff nugget, my little fro out and about, she would be like, you look better with your braids. You need to go back to that. Like every day she told me that. And people will just give you their opinion unwarranted, you know, unasked for. And so if you're too different, people will kind of inadvertently tell you, that you need to do something else. And so just be aware of that. Like if you're comfortable with who you are and you are confident in what you're doing, then all of these things won't really matter. But they are things that black women experience in Korea and they do affect you, especially if you live there over a long period of time. So these are the things that I experience. I know that it isn't, this isn't really like a, <laughs> a super positive, um, podcast, but it's the truth. And I wanted to make sure that you guys knew exactly what I had experienced throughout my whole four years of living in Korea. These are the things that were most prominent 
when it came to living life as a black woman in a homogenous country. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, especially if you have been to Korea, if you've experienced any of these things, even if it were was as a tourist. So definitely hit me up on Instagram at Joza World or TikTok at Joza World or YouTube at Joza World. And we can definitely chat it up and discuss this more. I would love to hear more about you. Also, check out my blog on my website, josaworld.com. I'll be having it up and we can talk about all kinds of things and you'll get to get a lot of information about traveling, the best places to travel, things like that. So if you're interested in that, you definitely want to check it out. Have a great day or night, you guys. I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you for your support and your love. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I will be back here next week on Wednesday, so make sure you tune in. If you want to contact me or hit me up, make sure you check out my socials, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. All of them are at Joza World. I will see you next week and talk to you soon. Bye.